This is Vulnerability Matters from the Money Advice Trust. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Vulnerability Matters from the Money Advice Trust. I'm Chris Fitch. Now, when I was at school back in the late 1600s, as the Christmas end of year holidays crept into sight, our teachers would wheel out the school's only television, get everyone together in the hall, and let's unwind and relax on the itchy orange carpet as a pirate copy of The Goonies played out. Now, things have changed, of course, and uh, I imagine primary school kids these days are watching, I don't know, Cocaine Bear or Saw 10 on their Apple Watches. But in the Vulnerability Matters offices, at least, the spirit lives on. So for this end-of-year episode, I gathered the team together handed out some mini bags of Haribo star mix and let them unwind and listen as our very special guest Lee Walls talked us through the science, experience and lessons for life and vulnerability of being a firewalker. So settle back, chow down on your own seasonal nose bag, no cocaine bear jokes please, and get ready for the oral and intellectual equivalent of striding purposefully over 350 degree red hot coals as we enter our final end of year episode of Vulnerability Matters. Lee, welcome to Vulnerability Matters. We're really, really excited to have you um, on, on the programme. Not every day you get to meet a firewalking expert and guru. Um, so thank you very much for joining us. Where in the world are you today and uh, how are you doing? Hi, Chris. Thank you for having me. I'm in Dunfermline in Scotland and it's minus three here today. Blimey, that's, that's chilly, but we're going to warm ourselves up. We're going to use this podcast to really delve into kind of what firewalking can teach us uh, on tackling kind of some of the work challenges or more difficult challenges in our lives. But let, let's start with a right old fashioned uh, question from the School of Literal Interviewing. Lee, what is firewalking? Firewalking is exactly what it says on the tin. It's the act of walking barefoot across a fire. You walk across a bed of red hot coals. Um, the fire generally has been burning for around two and a half hours and you walk across the embers of that fire that are just under 350 degrees. And that's, um, is it, is it, are we talking about like 10, 15, 20 metres or is it is the pit... Uh, a bit smaller than that. Yeah, it's it's two meters, Chris. So depending on your height, you can do that in four or five steps. If you're tall, it'll be less steps, and if you're short like me, it'll be six or seven steps. But it's two meters long, and most people go back and walk across the fire two or three times. Goodness me! What's the atmosphere like? Um, what what would I be? Sensing, would it be in a, a long line of people to do the firewalk? Would there be many people around? Is it daytime, nighttime? It's nighttime. I only deliver firewalks in the winter. I know um, other people deliver firewalks in the summer. I don't, and I choose not to because I won't. If you're coming along to a firewalk, the chances are it will be the only time in your life that you do a firewalk. And I want that to be the best experience that you can possibly have. So I want it to be dark so that you can see the red hot coals, you can see the fire. If, if you walk on a fire and there's daylight, the coals are the same temperature as in the dark, but they look grey and mm. it feels completely different. So, mm. so I want it to be 
dark. I want you to see the red hot coals. I want you to see the flames. And usually we we have anywhere from 10 to 150 people at a firewalk. And it's it's a wonderful, wonderful atmosphere. So it's a big event. And is that the same for glass walking and Lego walking, which you also offer? Yeah, the, the firewalk, I think, is the most spectacular of everything that I do. We have a, a glass catwalk that's two metres long, that's filled with broken wine bottles, broken vodka bottles, all the broken bottles, and people walk across the, the broken glass uninjured. And um, the, the Lego walk is an alternative to that so that children can participate or we can offer a family-friendly event for fundraisers or schools so that children can find their own superpowers. I introduced the Lego walk last year because I have all these children coming along watching their parents at firewalks and and they're like, oh, can we do that? And I'm like, no, you're seven. <laughs> so so the Lego works really to get families involved. Goodness me. And it's the same technique for all three? Um, go as quickly as you can, I imagine. No, you go quickly across the fire. It's a fire walk, so you, you walk, but you walk quickly. And the glass, you walk slowly. You have to really pay attention to what you're doing on the glass and really take your time going across it. So they're really quite different in terms of how you, you get across them. And the Lego, honestly, close your eyes and hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all had that feeling with Lego. Yeah. But now, now, firewalking, unlike Lego walking, has been around for a long time. But why have people sought this out? And how did you find your way into firewalking? Yeah, firewalking is as old as humankind. There are biblical references to firewalking. There's a text where two Brahmin priests had a competition to see who could walk the furthest over hot coals. So yeah, the, the, it's, it's as old as humankind. And I think we're drawn to firewalking because it's about challenging yourself. It's about overcoming fears. When I'm delivering firewalks, I talk about I'm a recovering alcoholic and the scariest thing that I have ever done was getting sober. I didn't think that I would ever be able to have fun again. I didn't think I'd be able to ever enjoy my life again because sobriety would be really incredibly boring. And when I was sober for a year, I decided to do the next scariest thing and I booked myself a flight to Peru and went backpacking around South America for six months and the analogy there you know stepping onto the plane that was terrifying and and then shut the doors behind you and you can't get off and I think that that lesson applies to everything you just take the step do the thing no matter what it is whether it's posting on LinkedIn or applying for a job or ending a relationship or starting a business all you have to do is the first thing mm -hmm. so th that that period of sobriety you thought right okay i'm going to tackle the next scariest thing and that's how your career in fire walking began pretty much yeah yeah i did my first fire walk in 2006 and I was completely utterly blown away by it. I felt like Wonder Woman and within a week of booking my first firewalk I had I'd phoned my bank and I told them that I needed money to put in a new kitchen 
because I was a lone parent at the time. My daughter was less than 18 months old and I knew that the bank wouldn't give me money to train to be a firewall constructor because that's not even real. So so I said I, I was putting in a kitchen and I booked a flight to the States and um, I, I did my firewall constructor training in the December of 2006. So you, you turned a, a position of um, personal vulnerability, you know, a recognition of that. You've reframed it into a, a position of strength and, and, and an adventure. Yeah, that's right, Chris. I, I believe that everything in life, the first step is the hardest. And when you can overcome adversity in your own life and you can confront your own vulnerability and you can face your own fears you can literally do anything that you put your mind to that is absolutely fascinating so let's let's get into what firewalking can teach us in tackling some of the other difficult challenges in our life um be they kind of work challenges or um, things on the personal horizon let's break this down a little then into um uh four or five categories into kind of maybe preparation, being present in the moment, self-belief and celebrating your accomplishments. So in terms of preparation, let's start there, Lee. Hopefully your firewalkers don't stride stride out onto a bed of hot coals uh, without preparing themselves mentally and physically. Uh, And I guess in the same way, when we face difficult challenges at work or in life, we need to prepare ourselves as well. So what what can we learn? What what techniques or insights can we learn from firewalking in terms of preparation? I have a 90 minute workshop before the firewalk. So people come in and um, they complete a disclaimer. And then we really focus in on fear and self-doubt. I believe that fear and self-doubt are the two biggest things in our lives that keep us stuck. So we we chat fairly extensively about our own fears, where they come from, how to overcome them. And fear of walking on fire is the same as fear of going for an interview or ending an abusive relationship or starting a relationship if you're afraid of commitment. Fear is the same, no matter what the fear is. So so we have a look at fear and physiologically fear and excitement are exactly the same. The the only difference is the label that we put on it. So so we have a look at reframing. You know, at at the start of the night, people are really scared of doing a firewalk and hopefully by the end of the night, they're really excited about doing a firewalk. But it's really about getting inside people's heads. So it's it's reframing the the fear into 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 a challenge? into something more positive yeah and I think as well it's about acknowledging that fear is okay fear is a healthy emotion to have I always talk about the there's Elizabeth Gilbert um, in Big Magic wrote about allowing fear to sit in your handbag rather than drive the car and I think that that's a fabulous analogy because it's just acknowledging okay, there's fear here, and I'm going to leave that in my bag. It's really simply about not allowing fear to control our lives in any aspect of it and doing the scary things. And the more scary things that we do, the easier the scary things become. Absolutely. I guess that could become a risk in itself. But it's a, So say I'm, I'm one of your uh, 
your your firewall because and I am um, absolutely terrifiedly uh, yeah. of this prospect. What what are you going to do to kind of help me reframe reframe that? What would you be saying to me? Most of the people who come along are in that situation, Chris. They've signed up. A lot of the times it's a charity firewalk, so they may be really passionate about supporting a charity. They don't want to run 26 miles. They walk two metres instead, and then they turn up on the night and see this huge fire, and, and they're like, oh, <laughs> do you know, <laughs> what, what have I done? So, yeah, it's it's really about... Like I said, there's lots of humour, there's lots of activities, there's lots of chat, and I, yeah, I use all of those tools to just change the way that people are thinking throughout the 90 minutes that they're with me, and then immediately before we go out to do the fire walk, I do an arrow break with people. So, oh, what, just as a loosener? You're kind of like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Right. What, what is an arrow break? It's kind of... Yeah, you put a wooden archery arrow onto your neck. Um, just now, while you're sitting, if you feel your breastplate at the top of that, there's, there's a wee V. So the tip of the arrow sits there and you lunge into it and you snap it with your neck. And after that, the firewalk is a breeze. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm sure it is. It's a, Okay, so this, uh, is a, so this is about reframing. It's about showing what's possible. Um, it's about uh, turning a negative uh, challenge into a positive one. Yeah, it's about getting out of your comfort zone. And I always think that if you can walk on fire, or break arrows on your neck or any of the other activities that I can do, you can absolutely do anything that you put your mind to. So um, it's as we, we're talking about fear and about negative thoughts and emotions and uh, people can become paralysed by this. Um, and we don't want the firewalkers to be uh, paralysed whilst they're walking on the coals by the sense of all of a sudden they're going to get burnt and be fearful of it. Um, but they just want to focus on each step and stay present in the moment. So in terms of staying present in the moment, any techniques or insights you can share from firewalking there? I, I think that in terms of being present and being in the moment, it's acknowledging that this is here, this is scary, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it scared. So if you tell yourself, I am terrible at job interviews, then you are going to be terrible at job interviews. If you lie in your bed at night saying, I really struggle to get to sleep every night, you're not going to get to sleep. And whatever we tell ourselves, our body believes that whether it's true or not. So it's really about how you speak to yourself, what you say to yourself, and the emotion that you attach to that. So belief in yourself, which is the, the, the third of the four factors, is an absolutely, is it a key factor in success in firewalking or, or an outcome from it or both? I think it's both. I think people don't always know what to expect on the night. And, and sometimes, you know, there's maybe 50 people. I had an event a couple of weeks ago. There were 150 people there. And for me to deliver a firewalk for 150 people is much easier than delivering a firewalk for 12 people because you have the whole sort of fever pitch atmosphere and people get caught up in that. And, and that's really exciting. And 
the the more scared people tend to be at the end. They tend to go over last or do the arrow break last. But it doesn't mean that they're not leaving full of self-belief and confidence and feeling as wonderful as the person who went across first. And th- th- there's, there's an element here, and it's the, the fourth factor, um, is around um, celebrating the accomplishment, which is the, the outcome of everything that you've mentioned before. This must be a lovely transformative aspect of any, any, any firewalk. Um, what, what, what can we take from that? The transformative part and the self-belief. So one of the one of the reasons that I do the arrow break is to to G people up before they go outside. And the second reason is so that people have something tangible that they can take away with them. My first ever arrow break, I was I was last of 50 people. I burst into tears and I was standing at the front of the room saying, Oh my god, I just broke an arrow on my neck. And, <laughs> and you know, everybody else had done it before me um, and I come home and I framed my arrow and that's my daily reminder that I can do absolutely anything I put my mind to and I always encourage people to to frame their arrows or when I'm delivering confidence building courses that um, like a friend of mine was going through a really horrendous divorce and whenever she had to go to her solicitor she'd pop her arrow in her bag and you know, I can do that. I can do this hard thing, so I can do this other hard thing. But it's a good thing to be able to take away. What What's the most common question you get asked by people when you tell them that you're a firewalker? Everybody wants to know why you don't get burned. Ah. Like the questions are all about burning. So let's let's take what let's take us into that question then, because that takes us into a little bit of the, the the science of fire. Why do, why don't people get burned, or why don't people get cut when they walk on the glass? How does it work? There's all sorts of science around the firewalking. So very simply, because I'm I'm not a scientist, I only ever use silver birch. Silver birch burns um, a fairly low temperature to compared to other woods. The time of contact between your feet and the coals is very short. The way that you, your feet come into contact with the coals is different from if you were running across a fire. Um, if you run or jump, you're at much greater risk of injury because you're burying your feet in the, the hot coals. So you walk quickly and you get on and off as quickly as possible. And generally, your feet will be a little bit damp because the, the turf at the start of the fire has been wet before you go across. So there's a bit of a water barrier as well. So, so Lee, o- overall, is, is is there one lesson that we can take from firewalking that we can apply to our kind of our, our working lives when we're working with vulnerable customers, or maybe some of our personal kind of ambitions, fears, hopes, horizons? Yeah, absolutely. I think that everything in life, the first step is the hardest, and firewalking is absolutely a metaphor for that. That when you can stand barefoot in front of a fire you and walk across it, you can apply that to every aspect of your life. Um, I, I've been sober for 22 years in December, and when you stop drinking, you, you stop drinking for a day at a time, or mm. sometimes an hour at a time. And when the, the first year, I spent a lot of time walking around saying, I'm just going to get through today and when I got to 
six months sober, I had a fabulous holiday with my sister, realised that I was perfectly capable of having fun without being drunk. And I made a deal with myself that if, if I could stay sober for a year, I could I could pack in my job, I could quit my job and I could go off and have an adventure. And, and that transformed me, that stepping onto a plane completely transformed my, my life in ways that I could never have imagined or expected and I cannot take everybody backpacking around South America but I can take everybody across a fire and I think that that transformative activity is the same because it's about completely getting outside of your own head doing something that's really scary and is liberating in ways that you you can't imagine until you've done it. So uh, where where do we go to find out a bit more uh, about Firewalk Scotland um, and maybe a recommendation more generally about where to learn more about firewalking? Um, my website is firewalkscotland.co.uk. There's lots of information on there. People are welcome to get in touch with me directly if they've got any questions. And I can be found on LinkedIn, Lee Walls. Facebook is Firewalk in Scotland and my Instagram is Firewalk Scotland, any of those platforms. And generally, there's loads of stuff out there on the internet. Do a Google search and there's lots of information about firewalking. Lee, thank you so much for coming on Vulnerability Matters. Absolute pleasure to have you here. And maybe some of the uh, the team here might see you at Firewalk soon. Thank you. And that was Lee Walls, reminding us to take vulnerability in life in general, one careful step at a time. You can find Lee on LinkedIn, where she talks all things fire, broken glass and Lego. And that's it for 2023. We'll see you in the new year. Hopefully, that's a promise. You'll come back, please. Uh, We'll be starting off with an equally special episode on empathy. Just what is it? And what is the evidence for doing empathy anyway? But a huge thanks until then for listening and an enormous bundle of gratitude to all our guests so far for being on the podcast. So until 2024, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, keep on doing it. And thanks as always for remembering that vulnerability matters. Vulnerability Matters was produced by Mandy McGreevy and Phil King and brought to you by the Money Advice Trust.